right, Sunday night, 7 o'clock, time for another edition of the Sports Phone here on KZYX. Jerry here in Portland, back after a one-week break, and Jim is in the studio like he never left. Jim, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. We got we got through it without you last week, Jer. Yeah, yeah, I called in, listened to it for a little bit. It was... Uh, it was it was a good one from, from good. what I heard of it. I was uh, I was out watching the Super Bowl, enjoying some food and some football, and some I would say overall very disappointing commercials. I think this year in the Super Bowl, uh, but uh, it was enter- it was a good game, had a good time, and you guys hold down the fort. And I think what I heard of it, it was it was a good show. Yeah, thank Tim Anderson. You know, one of our guest interviewers and a, and a frequent caller. Thought he stepped into the studio and and was a great co-host. And uh, as far as the uh, commercials go, I think the Super Bowl happens too often. And and I, you know, if the Super Bowl was like every five years, we probably would have better uh, better commercials. If you if you know what I mean. But you know, the, the, it's too soon. Every year isn't enough time for people to come up with better commercials. It's you know, it, I, I had that thought also. I, I think for me, one of the things that was really frustrating about the uh, about the commercials this year was it was for a lot of stuff I didn't really care about. You mean like the product? Like yeah, like there was a lot of cryptocurrency commercials. Oh, I doubt you even geez. know what crypto is. I don't know what it is, and I don't care about it. And I, I like I can't stand people that talk about it. So I just immediately kind of zoned myself out with those kind of commercials. Like there was just so much stuff that. As I didn't a, have a lot of interest in. As uh, a that it, got, it got a little bit. It got a little bit frustrating. I will say though, as a child of the '90s, boy, that was a good halftime show. I don't know how much you heard about it, but well, well, who was it? It was basically. You're not going to recognize a lot of these names. Yeah. It, it was basically like all the '90s hip hop and like rap stars. And they were all there live. They were all there live. So, well, you know, Snoop Dogg is partially because of where I work. Um, Dr. Dre was there, Eminem. It was just basically all the hits from the nineties. So it, it was, it was like you, it was like you were teleported back to our high school dances. And they, and they played the hits. They, the, yep. They played all the hits. Oh, what uh, a great idea. That would it be was fantastic. It was, it was widely considered if you followed it on social media afterwards, the best halftime show in a long time. So a it would very, be, very long time. it would be the equivalent to a 67, 68 year old like me. It'd be equivalent to having the Rolling Stones, sure, the Grateful sure. Dead, all those bands there together at the same time. Yeah, yeah. and what it was perfect. Idea. Also, I remember when it got announced; it was perfect. The venue, because it's in Los Angeles, it was a perfect place for them to, to kind of do this halftime show. It was fantastic. So, good football game, good halftime show, very bad commercials this year. That was my summary of the Super Bowl. Let, let's let's take a call here. You're on the air with the sports phone. Too, too early in the show? Am I good? No, not at all. <laughs> She's out just ready to uh, explain what the show is, and, and we got Vince on the line. Go ahead, Vince. Oh, man. Well, you know, last week was so such a debacle for me. I had to jump in early this week. Uh, oh, good to hear your voice, Jerry. Hey, hey. Yeah, so I got to chime in real quick, Jerry. It's probably the first time in, I don't know, six, seven years, the halftime show was better than the commercial. Oh, yeah. wow. Good. Yeah. So I you're mean, you're at the age then, Vince, when you thought that was a great halftime show too. Uh, I mean, I, I can't. Let me just pre, you know preview this, but I can't stand the halftime show. I think it's ridiculous. I think it takes away. You're adding thirty 
there was twenty some minutes to a, a, a an athlete's halftime routine. Yeah, yeah. You're setting up a, you're, a feat of engineering. You're setting up a stage, and that stage was crazy. <laughs> I mean, they had seven artists doing different things. Unbelievable what they can do, but you're putting it on the field the players are playing on. I don't understand how this doesn't impact the game in some way, shape, or form. But that being said, yes, it was a good halftime show. And yes, the commercials were probably terrible. I do agree with you about maybe if it was more time in between Super Bowls, they'd be better. But I also think it is, what's the biggest hype going into the Super Bowl for, for 100% of the people who don't like football? It's to watch the commercials. I know. It's yeah. got to be hard for, for marketing mm. agents to keep up with doing, you know, filling that, like, that plateau every year has to get bigger and bigger. It's got to be terrible to try to make those commercials and, and do well. God, Vince, it's, you're getting like two weeks worth of excitement off. You were so down last week. It's, it's great to hear your voice. Well, it's been, it's been a great weekend here. I did a bunch of yard work. I feel great again. My body is all just exuberant right now. I don't know. It just It's good. I, 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 I don't know what to say. I, it, it's a good day. The Super Bowl itself. Jerry, what would you think about the game? I was entertained. Uh, so it, it was one of those weird games where I had like I had no horse in that race. So the fact that it was close the whole way was I was really enjoying it. And then the other wrinkle that made it really fun was the people I was watching it with. We all made different bets. So we were all nice. rooting for the game to end in very specific ways to try to maximize the amount of money we made. Nice. Well, so so well that played, that yeah. added a whole element to it that was really fun. That's great. Uh, it, it's yeah. way more enjoyable when you don't actually care. One and yeah. two, it was a, it was a good game, you know, for yeah. for the Super Bowl. So I will give it that. Um, but I will say the the best commercial for me was a crypto commercial because it was Larry David, and I love Larry David. So I do. Yeah, that was that was the one Vince where he kept they kept showing Larry David playing different like historical figures, saying some invention wasn't going to work. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, that one wasn't bad. Yeah. All, all yeah. I say, Jer, all I say to Jer and Vince, Vince, as a uh, semi-peer, semi-older than you guy, and Jerry, as your father, please don't get involved with crypto. Not a chance. No, it's the no, worst. No, if no I, if, desire there. No uh, desire there. I just love Larry Dave because of the Seinfeld. So I mean, yeah. I, I feel pretty successful in preventing Vince from from getting too many technicals on a basketball court, but um, <laughs> if I can prevent him from. Uh, Spending all his money that he needs for his house in, in crypto, I, I I would take that as a success. Yeah, no, I, I will I will take little, that that information to heart. Don't worry. Little <laughs> little coaching update, uh, Vince. Before before we move on here, so yeah. just to be very clear, I did not get one, but I had to deal with my first technical foul as a coach in a game uh, last Whoa. night. Yeah, one of my one of my players got a little mouthy with with an official. Oh, so how did you handle it? I uh, sat him the rest of the game. Um, the, one of the other assistants was on the bench and kind of I talked to him. I was like, what's the rules with the program? How do we deal with this? Uh, and he said it's totally contextual where you, you kind of make a decision based on what he does. And in my opinion, mouthing off to a ref can't do that. Uh, so we talked about it after the game. There's some punishment for the whole team, uh, which we'll deal with in practice tomorrow. Uh, but, yeah, it was, a, it was another first, coaching first with one, so with one week left in the season. I'll so, say, more context was this a was this one of your top players? Uh, Doesn't matter, Vince. 
He no, he comes off the bench, uh, gets a lot of minutes though. Okay, okay, that's that's, yeah. that's a valuable person. So that's always when yeah. you make the biggest impact is when yeah. you sit someone who is an impact player. It, it'll definitely wake up the rest of the team for sure. Yeah, yeah. So that's 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 a yeah. And I'll, I'll give a little fun. little uh, on, on the positive side for Jerry. We won the game. You won the game, but aren't you on a five or six game win streak? Yeah, so if my math is right, and I have to actually pull up our schedule and, and look at it, we were five and six, and we are now ten and six or eleven and six. Wow. It's one of those two. Nice yeah, we job. were on a nice little nice winning streak. Job, yeah. yeah, we're playing. We're playing our. And we're playing our best basketball at the end of the year, which is you know, there's no playoffs for us, so there's no momentum to kind of ride it into. But to finish the year playing our best basketball and beating some some pretty good teams has been has been fun. Seven zero seven. Eight nine five two four four eight. We're uh, we're talking sports early here, um, talking a little bit about technical fouls, talking a little bit about Jerry's ninth grade team up there in Oregon. Um, you're welcome to call at any time. Seven zero seven eight nine five two four four eight. Change the subject if you want. I thought seeing there's no more calls right now, Jerry. And we we Vince missed his big chance to be. Uh, Host last week. Let me give you my this day, and you guys can both tell me what you think about these. Oh, I love it. Okay. You ready, Jer? Yeah. Charles Barkley's birthday today. He's 59 years old. So we're talking about 220. Um, about 59 years ago, Charles Barkley was born on this day in... Um, Whatever long. 50, 1963. 1963. There's a good one. The Red Sox changed and had to play their games in. Oh, darn it. I don't have. I, Jerry, if you have this up, give me the year. I forgot to write the year 1929. down. 1929. 1929. The Red Sox had to play their Sunday games at Braves Field instead of Fenway Field. Because Fenway was too close to a church. That sounds like something like you can't have a dispensary in Mendocino because you're too close to a church. Can't have a, can't have a cannabis dispensary. Back then in 1929, you couldn't even play baseball next to a church. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's, well, times have changed. That's no? a good I mean, one. No, wonder, no, I wonder no, what that no. distance was. I wonder what warranted it being too close. I think it shared a parking lot. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder how close was too close. That's a good question. How yeah, close yeah, was Fenway at, Park? How close yeah. is Fenway Park to a church? Come on, Google Earth. Tell yeah, us. No, uh, I okay. mean, look, look, look at it now, though. Churches for most people, football on Sunday. I mean, how <laughs> yeah. times have changed. <laughs> I mean, nineteen sixty-three, February twentieth, nineteen sixty-three. Willie Mays gets a record-setting one hundred thousand dollars with the San Francisco Giants. Whereas in 1997, on this day, February 20th, 1997, Barry Bynes gets two point, or sorry, 22.9 million from the San Francisco <laughs> Giants. Same day, 1963, 100,000. 1997, 22.9 millions for Bonds. And then this one was just a feel good. Just, just, sorry, just for a little bit of context, some, some added context to that. Yeah. Uh, Willie Mays right now with that 100,000 would be making seven times below the league minimum. Oh, yeah. wow. That's, yeah. Wow. wow. Oh, and that's yeah. 1997 pretty- to 2022. Wow. Yeah. Jeez. Okay. Uh, this one is just a feel good. February 20, 20th, 
2021. Naomi, Naomi Osaka wins the Aussie Open, the Australian Open, uh, for her fourth major title. I just thought, good for her. I mean, yeah. all the she went through in that year and all the people that got down on her for not playing, she came back and won a tournament and was smiling. I, I just saw that and said, so, sometimes we forget about what's important here. Oh, for sure. For sure, definitely. I mean, those are some good ones right there. I mean, Charles Barkley, probably the best undersized big man power forward to play the game. I mean, the guy was... Six five, maybe. Six you know? four. And, he, he wasn't that big. Yeah, and he just just a physical dominant beast. Played with an attitude, but you got. I mean, my one of my favorite prognosticators right now on, on TV for sure. I mean, I, that guy endeared himself to my heart. Yeah. Uh, you know, a quick trivia for you guys, and see if anybody gets this, and I'll, I'll call back later and say it. Who was the first person to ever sign a million dollar contract in baseball? Wasn't a million dollars a year? But it was a million-dollar contract. Contract. Oh, well, let's let that one hang. Vince, listen up. Give us a call back later, all right? You got it. Thank you, guys. Thanks. 707-895-2448. Jerry, you want to repeat that trivia from Vince? Uh, first, first baseball player to sign a million-dollar contract. Is that what it was? First baseball player to sign a million-dollar contract. Wow. So <laughs> I've been digging into this church thing. Oh, at Fenway Park. Oh, the closest I can find is 0.2 miles away. So what's, what's the name either, of the church? It, it was called. It is called uh, Church of the Cross. I believe if I if I look this up right. Um, so, unless I'm mistaken, something has changed. Where like <laughs> they, 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 they got rid of this rule because. The point two miles is pretty close. Oh yeah, so yeah. you you you're not saying that's the same church in 1920. No, I'm not saying it's the same church. It doesn't mention the church in the uh, in the in the little blurb that we found about. It. I'm just saying the closest church I could find was point two miles away. Jeez. Well, seven zero seven eight nine five two four four eight. Give us a call here on the sports phone. We're taking calls about anything related to. To uh, to sports, yeah, gotta, yeah. Give us a call about anything you'd like. So, Jim, I got a little, a fun oh, little story for you. Let me sa save that story for the, after okay. this call. You're on the yeah. air. Hey guys, it's the sports doctor. The Hi, Patty. Phone doctor, not the sports doctor. Patty, the sports <laughs> phone doctor. I like it has such a ring to it, Patty Chico. <laughs> um. So my, I wanted to. Uh, I'm going to set up. I set up my question, which is a pretty open-ended question for you guys. So, as as two people who um, are either coaching, you know, impressionable young people, or who have coached impressionable young people, yep. I wanted to hear your thoughts on the whole women's figure skating controversy involving doping in a 15-year-old. Well, it's funny, Vince. Vince sent us that. I think the same article um, this afternoon saying he he wanted to talk about this as well. Is that a is is that a what do you think about um, in in There's general? Like so much to unpack in the story, I think, I know. and um, and I think you know um, the the big I think eye opening or shock most shocking part of all of this is her age. 
you know, like that is, is that she's a minor. Um, and I, I think also in the context of a couple of weeks ago when we, when that gentleman called in about, about wrestling, <laughs> I think it like kind of all ties in, right? Like the kid wanting to win or the kid's parent wanting to win, who knows? And then, you know, how coaches support and facilitate that. And then, you know, at what, when are we taking it too far? Even if you're within the quote unquote rules, which obviously, uh, Valieva, the ice skater, was not. So, Patty, I have a question, and this is gonna, this is not, this is gonna come up, come across condescending, but I promise you, it's not. Is it really that surprising? Like, is it, is it that shocking that a 15 year old got caught doping in the Olympics? Like, I, I don't, I didn't have that reaction when I saw this. I had the reaction of, oh. Just like cycling and all these other individual sports, there's it doesn't surprise me at all that there's corruption in figure skating. It's just that seems like a no, sport that's built that. for it. No, it's it's no, it's not that. No, you're right. I mean, I think sadly we just it just this happens <laughs> every every yeah. time there's like a major sporting event. But yeah. I think I correct me if I'm wrong, but have we seen this? I mean, have we seen evidence of this in children before? I think that was that's that's more that's my fair. question. It's not the doping; it's the it's the age. It's, sure, it's definitely the, the age. I, I read the the article, and <clears throat> I thought it's amazing how self centered some people can get. I, I read this article, whereas some and what I got out of it is some of the twenty six and twenty seven year old female figure skaters i don't know about the, the men the the, the the reason i say that is because they're the ones that um, made this what you might call a complaint they want to change the age to be allowed to be in the olympics to 17 right now it's 15 i didn't know that until mm -hmm. this came up because they think they're at a disadvantage because the 15 year old female figure skaters can jump higher than they can i was like what the i mean this what are we talking about here? I mean, that wouldn't that be like saying you don't you can't let a seven footer in the NBA because they have an advantage? I mean, what's? Yeah, well, I guess it's just like I, it's it's so hard because you know kids don't. I mean, they're they're not they're not adults. They don't have the same rights as adults. That's true. You know, like if it, if a kid's parents or coach or both are saying like, hey, you have to take the substance or not eat or <laughs> whatever in order to be, you know, I mean, if, if they say to do it, I mean, can't, I thought this gets, I hate to, I'm not comparing children to animals. I want to make that very clear, but it's, it is not dissimilar from when we were talking about horse doping, right? Like do the, can the horses say no, they can't, can children say no um, when an adult, you know, when they're a minor and they essentially have no rights. So it's it's just it's uh it it makes the whole situation it seems to me stickier than like when Lance Armstrong or like any other number of people the woman with the burrito last year sure you know, sure like sure when, sure when they're caught with doping yeah I also would look at it as like if you're a 15 year old and your coach is telling you like hey take this it's gonna make you lighter or faster or whatever is I don't see a lot of resistance being put up there like for the exact reasons that you just said where it's like they're they they they're kind of a forced participant in that in it to a certain degree i i just look at it as like the historically like individual very highly technical sports 
there is a history of corruption in them regardless of age so from that perspective it didn't surprise me at all but patty i, I agree with you 100 that i don't think it's fair to call these 15 year olds necessarily like active willing participants in the fact that they are doping i agree with you there. yeah i mean and, and i think the other question is i mean if and i think that's an argument for changing the age um, more so than, you know, the advantage that that would give to another athlete. Um, but I mean, that being said, I mean, it's, I, I'm not naive enough to think that if we change the age that there still wouldn't be, you know, abuse or <laughs> children, you know, being asked to do things that, you know, they don't want to do or that aren't safe. And so it really kind of gets, so, I mean, it, it could help. We might not see that in the Olympics, you know, right away, but I think it, it then gets to a bigger question of like, how do we, protect children you know like i mean because they are children from from these abuses this is so much bigger than lance armstrong t taking steroids mm -hmm. or barry bonds taking i 100 why be because it's a 15 year old and 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 it may not have been their choice that's that's what i mean by it chair i'm sure. I, i'm with patty sure. on this one patty you've got the phone ringing off the hook here please listen C call back when well let's see some what other people say about yeah. this yeah all right Okay, thanks, guys. Yep. Bye. You're on the air with a sports phone. Okay, hi. Patty, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I just have to put my two cents in here. Um, I, I, the, part, the part of this 15-year-old that makes me the most upset and the, most, the angriest is... She probably was forced to take these steroids or didn't even, or whatever they were, heart medication, and she probably didn't even know she was taking I mean, she may not have known that she was taking it. But when she came off the ice after her performance and she fell, and her coaches and her teammates were just so cold and so, I mean, she's a 15-year-old kid who had, had been through so much emotional stress, and they did not, they weren't nice to her. They weren't, I mean, not that they didn't even support her, but they just ignored her when she came off the ice. I mean, that part was horrible, I thought. So, it's, and I think it's a good idea to raise the age, not because of how good the athlete is at 15 compared to a 17-year-old, but... They come into it with a little bit more maturity and a little bit more, probably understanding of what they're what they're up against. Yeah, it's 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 interesting because different sports, um, the younger athletes excel in. It's not the same across all sports. Right, and, um, and individual sports I think are really different than team sports. Oh yeah, and and for instance, um, females do much better at a younger age than males do. We've seen that with tennis. We've seen that with with um, gymnastics. We've seen that with figure skating. Um, whereas the men excel and peak in those sports um, at a, at an older age. It's it's really interesting. So what do we do? I still ask that question. Do we not let someone that's the top of their and the top of their sport compete because of their age? And the same way, do we not let a basketball player play because they're too tall? I mean, it's 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 
Yeah, I, I don't know what the it, answer. It's, it's really tricky. Okay, I'm going to hang up and listen. Thanks Thank for the call. You. Jerry, you going to unpack any of that? I think we yeah. kind of unpacked it yeah. already. I, I think that, not that this is an excuse, because it's not, um, to, to defend like the coach and the player's reaction to her falling. I, I will say, you know, you're, you're comparing... You you have expectations about coaches and teammates should react based on your experience. I think the culture is much different where, where she's, she's from Russia, right? Yeah. I would imagine the culture of the team there is a little bit different. Not to say that's good or bad, yeah. but I, yeah. I, I, I think that I, I'm curious that if, if you view it in the eyes of like Russian figure skating, what that reaction was viewed as. You're, on the, air to, with, you're on the air with a sports yeah. phone. Hey guys, again, I, I had to jump back in on this one uh, since I read that article and was very just like, wow, because it, it is interesting, Jim, for them to you know recommend raising the age because you know very good you know concept on your end there of like, oh, we can't have seven footers in the NBA because they're too tall. The, the reason they were they were wanting to raise the age wasn't because the competitor was bad. Part of it is because they're better, but part of it's because. Of their age and their their you know, their they haven't fully grown into their bodies yet. So from eighteen from fifteen to eighteen, you're going to put on a little bit of adult weight. You know your body is going to mature more. So the the older athletes were being basically told if you were skinnier, you would jump higher and twist better. So that that is why the the, uh, the anorexia the bulimia is becoming such a big thing in in figure skating is because they're trying to keep up with these younger athletes. And so that's where it came from. As far as the article I said about how anorexia is rampant, and, 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 and it's a bigger issue than doping if you, if you read what the athletes were saying in figure skating. So it does come down to maybe the, you know, the younger athletes are more talented, but it's also because their bodies are able to handle the twisting and they can jump higher because their their bones haven't quite developed all the way. So it's it's a number of things, not just a more talented athlete. But you can take this and put it in baseball, where if you're 29, 30 years old and you've been in the big leagues for eight years, it, in this day and age, you're in the middle or the end of your prime because they can go get an 18-year-old and develop him over two years in the minors, and he could be in the big leagues by 21 taking your position when you should technically still be in the middle of your prime. So what do you do? You do steroids. You do something to enhance your ability to play better like this younger athlete who's quicker, who's you know more athletic because he's 10 years younger. Same so idea. Age, yeah. yeah, age is always going to be an interesting one, but the one for figure skating, it was more about how anorexia has become a major part of it because the older athletes just need to keep up with these younger ones with their bodies, and that's becoming a bigger issue. And I'd love to hear uh, Dr. Patty's take on that, uh, that whole side of it. Well, um, she she did sort of start to bring it up. We, we, we talked, um, she's, we, we talked about abuse in sports, which I mm -hmm. think is what Dr. Chico was talking about. It, go, it goes way beyond anorexia is, is one form when they're putting rubber suits on wrestlers and saying that send them into saunas and, and starving them. And, and, and that's not that different. And that's, 
to me is abuse in training the same way steroids are abuse in training in yeah. you know so yeah, the, the wrestling one the wrestling the one's always been interesting to me because i feel like they're doing that intentionally to make a weight instead of instead of wrestling at a higher weight and and just taking on the extra weight they're they're forcefully losing it to try to compete at a lower weight class you know i, I don't know if that's Maybe because they could do better. That that's an interesting, yeah. That's that's an interesting comparison. Wrestling and figure skating, as far as forcing yourself to to lose weight. Um, wow, it's been a, what it's, people it, do. It's, in, it's, what people do in sports, I tell you, it's been culture. Thanks, Vince. You got it, guys. Uh, Dr. Chico got back to me. Jerry said, "There's a, my comparison isn't isn't good. Seven footers." Aren't children seven footers are presumably not not minors, and I, I'll I'll give her that one. Um, I don't I I have no answer for this one. All I know is uh, we can't abuse you know these children in for prestige in the Olympics. Right. Yeah. 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 707-895-2448. Um, Jay, before we move on here, I mean, it's it, it was sort of the same, the same topic. What's your feeling on on? I mean, aren't there coaches in all sports, adult coaches in all sports of youth sports that have abusive um, training and and conditioning um, issues? I mean, I, uh, I hear about it in football. I hear about it in basketball. I hear about it in football with. Sure. I, if we're just going to ask the general question, are there coaches that are abusive? Sure. Yeah. The yeah, answer yeah. that's yes. And I mean, that's that's a given. Mostly it's on youth. No. Well, what are we defining as youth before we go? High school. Like I, high, high school down. Yes. Yes. If we're saying if we're defining youth as high school level or below, then yes, yeah. I would call that youth. Sure. Hmm. All right. Yeah. Um, well, I have a a fun little story that I think will not blend nicely. Well, actually, before we get into that, um, 707-895-2448, give us a call if you've got anything you want to talk about going on in the world of sports. Um, Jim, before we get, dive into that, uh, while we have a minute here, let's take a second to give some shout outs to some of the local basketball teams that oh, are yeah, in the yeah. playoffs or had a chance to compete uh in the playoffs i want to make sure we give them a shout out we like to make sure we highlight local sports and talk about it as much as we can um so i'm going to run through some 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 scores and updates real quick jim feel free to jump in on any comments i love brackets uh, jerry you know that yeah yeah absolutely so feel free to jump in on anything um if you have anything you wanted to talk about on any of these as I go through them. So we're going to start with Division Six boys. So these are schools of 199 students and below. And so let's, just, let's, just, let's just say we're covering schools that we think can hear us, right? With I would say yes, with one exception. Okay, go ahead. Which well, we're getting right into first. <laughs> so the one exception to this that we're going to bring up, uh, if you are going to be going through South Fork, uh, on the 23rd, uh, South Fork is the number one seed in the Division Six boys bracket, and they have a home game at 7 p.m. on uh, on the 23rd, which I believe is, Wednesday. what is that, Wednesday? Wednesday. 
Wednesday, yeah, at 7 p.m. at South Fork High School. They are the only uh, public high school left in uh, in Division Four. Excuse me, in Division Six. I also want to give a shout out to Mendocino. They went up in the second. They got to the second round before losing to St. Bernard's up in uh, Arcata. And I believe that was it. Oh, and Point Arena, Point Arena and Round Valley also uh, got in, and they lost in the first round of the of the Division Six boys bracket as well. Yep. So just want to give a shout out to all those schools. But yeah, South Fork, uh, we wanted to give a shout out to them, even though they're not totally in the listening area. But wanted to give a shout out to that team. Um, it's a program that we're very very familiar with and close to. So I wanted to give a congratulations to them and wish them best of luck in the semifinals. Yeah. Anything to add, Jim, before I move on? No, I, I, I love South Fork. I like going up there. I like, we played in preseason all the time, all 17 years that that I coached, or t- 11 years in varsity and JV. We went up there. They came down to us every year. And there's always a special place in my heart. You know what I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> Gene Cotter's from South Fork. He lives and breathes. In the spirit of basketball, Tim Anderson went to South Fork. We got a lot of connections with South Fork. Yeah, absolutely. Hello, you're on the air. We'll, we'll get back to the NCIS or NCIS. That's television. We'll get back to the NCS. Uh, who's left and who's still in? In a minute, you're on the air. There's also a Ukiah soccer team that just had some big win over the weekend. You said you might want to mention. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sure where you're going with this. Uh, it's not soccer season. Um, maybe it was a, 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 their club or their AAU team. Um, but the high school soccer has been over for a f- couple months. It's, it's high school basketball playoffs right now. Do you know which team you're talking about? You still, I, still Jim, there? I don't think we have the caller anymore. Yeah, I'm guessing she might have been talking about some, maybe some youth soccer or something like that. So, go ahead. I'll see. The only thing that's odd, and I, I don't, I don't have any other context for this. So I'm still trying to read through it. Um, there's an article in the Press Democrat from eight days ago that does mention the Ukiah boys soccer team won the North Bay Redwood League Division title with a 2-0 win over Healdsburg. Maybe, so I might maybe boys soccer at that level is played in the is a winter sport, and we just weren't aware of it. I might have I might have to apologize to that caller. I do remember something about soccer being moved in in just the boys division to to being a winter sport. And so so may, give that report again. So yeah, so it's it's from the Press Democrat as of February twelfth. Uh, Ukiah won the North Bay League Redwood Division title with a 2-0 win against Hillsburg. Well, there you are. Thank you, caller, for bringing that to our, to our attention. It's um, yeah. I, I didn't realize that, that. I've just been disconnected with California sports or those kind of details for a little bit. I didn't realize that they moved soccer to a winter sport uh, for for that level. I guess it might it might still be left over from COVID. Who knows? Go, Go ahead, Jerry. Possible, yeah. Continue on. You got through D6 boys. Uh, yeah, anybody so, anybody wants a call, 707-895-2448. Yeah, so Division Six girls, a uh, couple shout-outs. Uh, Round Valley, uh, Potter Valley, Anderson Valley all got in and lost in the first round. Uh, Mendocino got to the second round. They played against a good Cornerstone Christian team and then lost in the second round. Uh, 
and South Fork, once again, still in. Uh, so another shout out to South Fork. They're going up to play Ferndale up in Arcata uh, on the 23rd. So South Fork in, they are one of two public schools remaining in uh, Division Six girls. So a couple good showings there from local schools in the area. D5 boys, that's an exciting one for me. Yeah. The, oh, you want to do Division Five boys next? Yeah. Yeah, so the big one here, uh, Cloverdale High School, they're the number one seed. They are still in it, beating Upper Lake and then St. Vincent de Paul. Uh, they will play on February 22nd, 7 p.m. at Cloverdale High School against the number four seed, Urban. Uh, Cloverdale, I think, has been kind of the the shining light in the, the, the beacon of hope for public boys basketball <laughs> for a long time uh, in, in a lot of divisions as they bounced around. Uh, they've kind of been the... The, the, the lone wolf, so to speak, a lot of times that have kept, kept the public school hopes alive. So good luck to Cloverdale. I'd say Cloverdale, uh, on has, the 22nd. Cloverdale has played more private schools in the playoffs than, than any other uh, school in our lo- local listening area. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to yeah. throw that out there unless someone can prove that wrong. Go ahead. Yeah. Keep going. Uh, D, D5 girls. Yeah, Division 5 girls, a couple of quick ones to shout out. Willits uh, and Clear Lake, uh, both getting uh, playoff bids. They lost, though, uh, in their first round games. Upper Lake made it to the second round before losing, um, and I believe that was it for Division 5 girls. So a couple of good showings there as well. Hmm. Division 4 boys, so this is uh, getting into the bigger schools a little bit. Um I don't believe there was a lot of second round appearances, uh, but Fort Bragg, Middletown, uh, I think there was one at Healdsburg, Fort Bragg, Middletown, Healdsburg, I think were the ones that stood out there that got into the playoffs uh, before losing. So always give a shout out to those teams. And then Division Four girls, uh, Cloverdale, uh, Fort Bragg, Middletown, and I believe that was it. Yeah, those three schools uh, making it into the playoffs, Middletown making it the furthest of the local schools, getting into the second round before losing. And that's our guest host and frequent caller, Tim Anderson, coach of the Fort Bragg. Fort Bragg girls. Girls. He he uh, he was in that game, Jerry. He told me that. Uh, oh, their first round game? Yeah, yeah. He lost yeah. by three. And, you know, I always say that was a Tim Anderson score. Both teams were under 35 points, almost under 30 points. And uh, usually when you compete at that level against a Tim Anderson team, you're asking for trouble. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's too bad they couldn't pull it out at the end. But uh, I think that's the end. I don't think we're going to see Tim Anderson coaching much more. I think it's been a run of 16 or 17 years. We'll see. Yeah. We will absolutely see. Yeah. All right. So that's that. Uh, yeah, that is that for that. Uh, 707-895-2448. Give us a ring if you got anything you want to talk about going on in the world of sports. 707-895-2448. So, can I, can I get to my fun little story? Uh, yeah, I've I, been ready, and we'll see. I, I might have to ask the next caller to wait until you're done. Go ahead. Well, if we have a call, let's take it. No, but, I don't. Uh, I don't have a call. Okay, got it. So, so after our high school basketball games, we go out to a restaurant uh, as a coaching staff. As long as the varsity team wins, we we go out to these dinners. Or I guess I don't know if dinners. I guess would be like late snacks. But regardless, we go out as a coaching staff and we, we have some food and we talk about the games and and the whatnot. So, we're sitting in there and the Olympics are on TV, and one of the coaches. Just looks at me and goes, Jerry, I'm just going to assume you know how curling works. Please explain to me why they have those brooms. Oh, wait, wait, is this guy crazy? Doesn't he know anything? I guess not. So I quickly gave a description of curling, explained how the closest closest equivalent that you can understand is it's a shuffleboard. Sure. It's shuffleboard on ice is the closest thing. But so that got me thinking. 
what are the most popular Olympic sports? And I wasn't sure how to quantify this. Like, because I was—is there like most watched, most participated in? I wasn't sure how to quantify what are the most popular Olympic sports. So I did some digging, and I found something that I thought was would be a pretty fair representation of this, and that was using Google. So Google public publicized the top trends in terms of search results uh, by state. For the Winter Olympics, so basically, based on Google's trends, trending searches state by state, it determined what the most popular Winter Olympic sports are in the United States. Um, so, you, so, so, so someone in Wisconsin might not have the same favorite winter sport than someone in Florida. Uh, I can tell you that Wisconsin and Florida <laughs> did not have the same uh, same trending search results uh, for the Olympics. <laughs> Seven zero seven eight nine five two four four eight. Another word there is, what's your favorite winter Olympic sport? Jerry's sure. got the results across the United States, state by state. I have it state by state. Do you want to <laughs> guess? I, I think I already told you this. What the most popular was with twenty three states? Uh, and I, you said that, and I guessed it right off. So I'm just going to get. I, I know I guessed it. If I was wrong, I would. I would say. Uh, I don't know what I'm talking about, but I guessed it right. It's figure skating. It's figure skating by a mile. And that's yeah, twenty twenty three states. Are those states all? I mean, are they use? Are they in the northern section of the United States? Uh no. I mean, California is yeah. there. Idaho, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas. I haven't those, heard those many there that don't it. don't have ice yet. No, but then, but you know, by the same uh, token, New York is is figure skating. I oh, believe yeah. Pennsylvania. Oh no, Pennsylvania was ice hockey. But yes, Virginia, uh, Washington D.C. was figure skating. So yes, there's a lot of a lot of figure skating in there, regardless of where where you were. Uh, do you know what was number two? Did I tell you that? No. Uh, now this is across the United States. This is for all, all nine, nine states. This was the most trending Olympic sport. Oh, nine states. After the 23 that were figure skating. Correct. Oh, man. It was second. I'm guessing ski jumping. Uh, ski jumping was number was uh, at the was an honorable mention with two states. How about by age? Are we talking about by age here? It's not by age. It's just by trending searches within the state. Oh, boy. I'm guessing I don't care what age people are. I think people like snowboarding. And, and the stuff that's in the X Games, I think people like the half pipe. I mean, um, that was that was not any in any state. Huh. Oh, wow. yeah. Uh, luge was was uh, number two with nine states, and then ice hockey was the third most searched in four states. Well, I'm going to say something about luge because I I agree it's very exciting. When I went to Lake Placid Olympics. Um, for the Miracle of Ice year, 1980, I went up on the hill. I got I bought a ticket to luge, and I went up on the hill and watched it. And it was pretty interesting to watch. But again, in a sport, a track sport like that, you're watching everyone, you know, go around the same curve. But you get a feel for how powerful and intense it is. But I've got a problem now with the sports like luge. Now that I've seen, uh, Patty Chico brought this up last week, that these 
sports now, some of them like used to be just times. You know, you watch a skier go. They got mm-hmm. they they did it in twenty seconds. The next person went. They did it in twenty one seconds. The next one did it in twenty one point five seconds. To me, they all looked the same when they went down as individuals. Now they're starting to have these events where they go head to head. They send four skiers down or four snowboarders down on a track and the top two move on. To me, it's way, way more exciting. I'd like to see them figure out somehow where they can go head to head and luge. Send them all down on the track at the same time. Well, I, I, you, I don't think you can put two people on the track at the same time. I, I, That's I, not going to happen. You I, can't, but wait, you, the, the challenge with it is, is you would have to rebuild the course. Right. You'd right? have to have two. two. And it, it would have to be like identical. I know. Where, where, like, if you have a downhill skiing event, it's very easy just to say to re- put to stick the flagpoles, yeah, you know, in, yeah, in the same yeah. spots. With luge, you've got to rebuild an entire course. Um, I, don't, I don't know. Whatever, it, whatever it takes. I, I sure. I, I don't think it was as exciting watching luge now that they because they only send one down at a time. Everyone looks the same when they, yeah. they're they're within hundredth of a second. Yeah, you know. I, yeah, but like, I will say just to go off of what, what you mentioned there, it is much more exciting that now that they do head to head in the in these skiing events because it, it just I think it's a lot more exciting. You get a better visual representation of a good ski of like who the best skiers are when they're on the track at the same time. Because when you're just looking oh, yeah. at a clock, I think it goes back to what you said, Jim, where it's it's kind of hard to understand. It. Well, why is this person any better than the other person? But then when you get to see them doing it at the same time. It's very clear. Oh, this person is better, and it's you don't have to just like trust the clock, so to speak. Yeah, when when it's only a second difference over a a five minute run, it's it's. I want to see that person edge them out at the end. It, to me, it's much more exciting. Seven zero seven eight nine five two four four eight. We're down to about fourteen minutes on this on the sports phone here. Um. Um. I, I don't know about. Um, you, Jer, but I personally have my favorite sport, and I'm, 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 I want to hear some other people calling, and you, you sort of burst my bubble, Jer. My favorite sport is curling, and it's not, it's not a joke. I, I, number one, number one, Jer, um, I love shuffleboard. I mean, when we used to go to Condon basketball tournaments, we used to play shuffleboard, competitive shuffleboard in the bars. And I love shuffleboard. I think curling is fascinating, taking shuffleboard to another level. I'm not just joking about the sport. I, I think it's, it's, it's really a cool sport. Oh, I, um, I, I've said this as a joke, but it's also true. I don't think I've ever seen a face more focused in sports than the person that is releasing that stone. It is. In curling, they are they are locked in in a way that they're in a mental state that's on a whole nother level. They had th- this year is, is different for. Um, I think it's just technology is better, but you could hear all the teamwork this year on curling in the Olympics. You could hear um, them calling out the uh, the commands for the broomers. Right. right, right. I wonder if they're called broomers, the, the sweepers, broomers, sweepers, something like that. Yeah. 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 Seven zero seven eight nine five two four four eight. So that's my favorite. Let's see if we got a call here. You're on the air. Hey, how we doing? What's your favorite sport? Winter sport for, uh, in the Olympics? Well, I mean, I'm a big snowboard fan. I like the snowboard cross. You know, 
and I, and I enjoy it too with the skiing as well, like the, the head-to-head competitions. Um, certain hockey matchups can be fun. Um, I like I like a lot of it just because of the competitive nature. Everybody there's really good at what they do, and I, I'm with you, Jim. I kind of like curling. Shuffleboard's my favorite bar sport, so I kind of have a and I I even like. A, you know, outdoor shuffleboarding with the patio set up, like that kind of, I don't know if you've ever seen that, like retirement oh, yeah. homes or whatever, but like they, you know, that that's fun to me as well. So I really enjoyed, and, and, and you were just commenting on the, um, listening to the guys talk to each other or the girls talk to each other. I found it fascinating to watch like Canada versus like uh, Slovakia or Sweden or whoever, and, and it was two different languages. And you, you got to watch the Canadians talk in English, and you could hear what they were saying and their strategies, and then listen to someone else speak a different language and do the same <laughs> thing. It was just, that to me was so fun. And, and then watching them do what they do, Jerry, you're right, man. That guy releasing the stone, that's straight focus, man. He is, like, so into what he's doing, that, that gliding and then the release point, and then he's immediately talking to his sweepers, like, wow, that is... Do we know? Do we know for sure? I've I've got a text here from a. I mean, we're getting into curling here, Jer, and <laughs> and um, um. This caller from Navarro says the position is called the hooker, and hooker. and I think that's the person that's releasing, the. But that could be the name of the sweeper. I don't know. I'd like to get this squared away before we go too much further. What are these positions called in curling? Yeah. Because, I mean, the, the, the guy with the broom is basically either speeding it up or slowing it down or trying to angle it. Oh, of course. A little bit. You know, that, that, that was the neat part about hearing them explain what they were trying to do was, you know, like, hey, we're going we're gonna to go this way, but then we're going to try to get it to curl in. And, uh, it was just that extra little bit of intricacy in the, the, the ability to hear the athletes was like, oh, that, that gave me a little more insight. I kind of knew what they were doing, but it was really fun to hear their explanation to each other and why they were going to do what they were going to do. It's shuffleboard. You know? it's, so, it's bocce ball. You know, it, it's all there. All oh, the, totally. The, yeah. All right, so I have the names, and we were way off. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, do we, what do we got? So... They're called the lead, the second, the third, and the skip. Well, who is? All right. The, the, yeah, we'll the, the teams and the members of the curling team. All right. Well, we'll which does what? So, so the lead throws the first two stones and sweeps the next six. The second throws the third and fourth stones and sweeps the others. Oh, they and all? then the third, the third throws the final stones and sweeps the others. And the skip is the captain and decides strategy, uh, and so, also delivers two shots at the end. So there, this, so the, wait a minute. The, the, one of the per- yeah. people is deciding. Okay, we should try to knock this one out, or we should just try to yeah. go for the bullseye. There's someone making that decision. Yeah. Yes. Okay. All right. And that's what. Yeah, that's what I noticed the most in this last week. What I was watching, uh, mostly curling towards the end here. There was always a guy who seemed to almost always be at the opposite end of the guy throwing the stone, the lead. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, and, and so that must be the skip. And then at the very end, he gets to be the one to throw the final two stones, it sounds like. I thought the same person threw every stone. You're saying they, they have to rotate, Jer? 
They rotate. Yes. Yeah, they both they sweep and they throw. Unless you're the skip. The skip never right, sweeps. Right, right, right. And that yeah. that one's being compared um, according to another text here. That that person's being compared to a QB quarterback in uh, in in football making the calls. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, Jeez. interesting stuff. I mean, come on, Jim, we're on curling. How many things have we Here's a trivia for you. What sport hasn't the sports zone talked about? Well, I had a list then, and I was going to ring a bell every time we came up with a new sport. Uh, <laughs> you know, the way they, on trading times, they ring a bell when yeah, anything free stuff. Yeah. stuff. I was going to do that whenever we brought up a sport. Uh, that's great. Yeah. But cur- curling uh, is, uh, people joke about curling, and, and I, I am fascinated with it. I can actually, you know, my, my, my wife, Rachel, was just, Loving the the uh, ice dancing, and she was laughing I, at me when I got into curling. Uh, <laughs> I, I think my favorite part the other day uh, uh, watching the Canadian team was when they talked about the whoever was throwing the stone at the moment. They were like, "Yes, he's had a surgery on his elbow, his wrist, and his knee. He's had to completely change how he positions himself to throw the stone." And I was like, "Oh, we're talking about curling injuries." This is fantastic. <laughs> I thought that was probably my favorite part of the whole Olympics. Was the guy has curling injury. Jeez. Oh, Jerry, you got anything else for us? Any, any, any other details on curling? Well. Because I'd, like I'd like to hear more of your list. You, you're welcome to. There's no other calls right now. You're welcome to listen to this, Vince. But, Jerry, continue with your Here's, list or tell us more about curling, one or the other. Well, wait, Jerry. Jerry, really quick, on your, your state-by-state list, I'm curious to see where Florida was compared to northern states. Since so many people retire to Florida, were there were their Olympic choices similar to, like, New York, Michigan, Wisconsin? So, what I found was just the top search. So in Florida, the top search was alpine skiing. Hmm. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Uh, no, sorry, I went quiet there for a second. Because I I saw a name, I saw this name, and I was just too fascinated not to click on it. I stumbled across wheelchair curling. Oh, what? Now, to be clear what this is, because I was really curious what I was about to stumble into when I found this. So this was in the Paralympic Games. So the... There's no broom, so it's basically now just pure shuffleboard on ice, because there's nobody with brooms. You're in a wheelchair, and you have, like, a big stick that you use that you push the the stone with. Like and it's literally just shuffleboard on ice at that point because there's no broom yeah. slowing it down. But and, there is a wheelchair version of of curling. That's, that's fantastic. Now that you mentioned that, I think I called you or even I videoed a bunch of this. I, I, was, at, I was at a swim meet with my mom. You know, she's, she's setting... records and I think this was somewhere in Pennsylvania and and I got a little bored with the with the master swimming oh it was at a college and I went over to the college gym from the pool of the gym which usually isn't that far away it was in another building and I saw the Northeastern Championships I'm talking about the best teams in all the Northeast this is New York for what sport North Carolina wheelchair basketball it oh, was sure. just they, they they all came in with their basketball wheelchair and a bag. You know they they had a special wheelchair for basketball. They take them out, they right. set them up, and yeah. I 
the high, the level of of the, the championship wheelchair basketball was was fascinating, and the rules yeah. and um, I videoed it and sent you some, Jerry. I can't remember yeah. if, if, but it, I I haven't seen anything like that. So I'd be interested in see curling. Uh, to end the show, yeah, we're running out of time here. No, not yeah, that anybody yeah, cares, yeah. but to end the show, Team LeBron just won the All Star game. If anybody cares, did you see what? Did you see what Steph Curry did? I saw some of his shots that were out of control. Yeah, it was some crazy stuff. What did he do? Bounce six, the ball in? Sixteen three pointers. Fifteen. Sixteen. Sixteen. He had fifty points, All Star record for three pointers. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It was, I mean, one sixty, one sixty-three is one sixty. I mean, that's just ridiculous. But I bet it was fun to watch if you like offense. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the answer to the question, guys, Nolan Ryan signed the first million-dollar contract in baseball. Oh, He's very nice. Okay. Well, yeah. Very nice. Thanks, Vince. We're out. You got it, guys. Always a pleasure. Jerry, you want to reel off anything else, or do you want to just? We got. <laughs> so I have one other thing to reel off. That it, this is just a fun little comment. Uh, I, I, this is something I forgot to tell you about. So I was sitting, again, at this restaurant yesterday talking with all the guys on the coaching staff, and I mentioned how I really enjoy watching the NBA Celebrity All-Star Game. Oh, yeah. And one of the coaches looked at me and wanted me fired because he was, his base was, how can you watch such bad basketball? And we got into this whole back and forth about how you're not watching the Celebrity All-Star Game for the basketball. You're watching it for the entertainment value. Well, it's the same way with even the NBA All Stars. That's that's for entertainment. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 similar. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's 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 crazy. So yeah. l- tell me about tell me the most read off some s- s- the list so I can go home and know what know what it is. You got ten uh, twenty seconds. What list? The list of, of of the popular sports statewide. Oh yeah, so figure skating's one, luge's luge's two, ice hockey's three. Then you get into a bunch of states that had two, like two search results. Uh, curling, skiing, cross-country, ski jump. Curling is in there? With two states, yeah. Three states, excuse me, three states. Three states has it as number one? Yeah. Give me those states real quick, and then we'll, we'll call, we got to call it. Uh, it was... Uh, oh, boy. Um, uh, Nebraska, Nevada, and Minnesota. See you next week, Jer. Thanks, everybody. Welcome to the main event. This has been a production of KZYX Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ Willits and Ukiah 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM, Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. You can check out our website at kzyx.org to find more content like this and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thanks for listening.